Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. Steve's alone, part three. No, it's Eric. He's working his uh, part-time job while being on the show with us. Ah. You make big money at it, too, don't you, Eric? What's that? You make make a lot of extra money with that heavy breathing. I do. Yeah, you know, they, they like that. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that thing going on. When I breathe that heavy, I usually pin a guy to the ground and bite him. Oh, there you go. (laughs) There's your homoeroticness for the show. Ben Eric won't make it again this year. But we do this show every year, usually on his show. He couldn't do it on his show. So he's here online. Why? Because that's how much we love 
the drive-in monsterama. We, we love it. We get to see film the way that they're really supposed to see it to drive in. And we get to see films that we never have seen before that we've wanted to see, like uh, Doc and Alligator, right? What? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've seen Alligator like on TV, but I want to see it on the big screen, so that worked out really, really well. Yeah. We do this because yeah. we love everything that you do at the drive-in every year and how you try to do something different with it rather than <coughs> most of them, which is just like 80s, 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 80s. 80s, 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 80s. I guess you have yeah, that's how most one. of the other driving fast stars are like. They just try to do the 80s stuff, and they aren't adventurous like you and George are. George and I are totally adventurous. I would say that this 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 latest monsterama is is pretty adventurous as far as uh, the obscurity of some of the titles. But it worked so well back in 2016 on Friday night, paired up with the Dark Shadows uh, weekend on Saturday with the House of Drip Blood and with the Bad People. Um, I honestly, and I know we talked about this in previous shows, I didn't expect the enthusiasm for the mishmash of Spanish horror on Friday night. And a lot of people came away from that weekend loving that night. And it was a big inspiration for George to do this. You know, it's something that uh, he felt strong about for a very long time, you know. And uh, oh. Spanish horror is exactly like the thing about Spanish horror and about Euro horror in general, and this includes Italian horror, is that there is a suspension of disbelief in these movies that you don't see in a lot of the other films, even out of England with Hammer. So what you're getting with these movies is sort of this eroticism that's very raw and a lot of unusual plot twists with a lot of normal elements from the other films that we show, be it zombies, be it vampires, or be it werewolves. So people should not be intimidated by the concept of Spanish horror because it's an alternative interpretation of themes that we've already all explored. And it's just a beautiful genre. And I know George can elaborate on that. Excuse me well, yeah, that. I would say definitely what you just said is correct. And if, and if you're going into this from the perspective of growing up with Universal and Hammer monster movies, that's what brought me to Paul Nashi. Because Paul Nashi yep. was this, this guy that was this actor in Spain who was making all these... Um, remakes Well not so much remakes But but continuing the characters of the classic monsters Especially the werewolf but And also Mommy and he played Count Dracula And the hunt, and then you know his own characters Like the Hunchback of the Morgue And, and these yeah, films were being He always talked about how When he was a kid He Went to the monster movies And fell in love with the Universal films that's that's true, especially Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, which is definitely an inspiration of, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see some of that universal inspiration definitely in um, the first film of showing Frankenstein's bloody terror, which is yeah, uh, definitely an homage to uh, universal horrors. You got yeah. werewolves, vampires, no Sam Frankenstein. Sam Sherman who put that out. Yes, yeah, this is uh, this is Sam Sherman. <coughs> 
uh, the, the Sam Sherman did put put that out in the theater. This is this is um this is the new print struck for the Exhumed Films, the recent um, uh, theatrical re-release of this film. And I think we're like the, I think we're the first theater to be showing it at a drive-in. It it, it played the rounds the last couple of years, but. You know, to be able to bring that film to a drive, and that's been something I've been wanting to show for years. And it was one of those films that was a big hit at the drive-in. So. And what's funny is that Sam Sherman had a contract, and he needed a Frankenstein movie. But all he had was Nashi's first vampire film, which is Werewolf Shadow. Uh... No, this would have been Frankenstein's Bloody Terror is 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 the first one. Well, well it's actually it was called in in Spain it was called Mark of the Wolfman. Okay, but to really fill out his contract, he put a five minute animated sequence during the credits showing how the Frankenstein family ended up getting bitten by a werewolf and changing their name to Walensky. Right. Yeah, well, the prologue is uh, was uh, you know added to the American version, of course. To, yeah. Like you said, to show some kind of bogus thing where the Frankenstein family was was cursed by um, becoming werewolves, and then, and that's yeah, that's what Sam Sherman added. And that's like that's Gray Morrow, really like. Nice comic book type artwork. I, I think I, I love that prologue because I remember seeing it as a kid on Channel 11 in New York on Chiller Theater in the early 70s. I think it was playing on Chiller Theater in the early 70s, and it was still playing in the, in the actual theaters, which is strange because he would make these deals to TV so so fast with some of these films that, like I said, they'd be playing on the TV and they'd still be playing at the, at the in the theaters and at the drive-ins too. Yeah. And haven't you shown, like, three of the Wadimir Dolinsky films so far already? Yes, we showed um, Night of the Howling Beast, uh, which is another film that Sam Sherman re- released here. Uh, we showed Curse of the Devil. And we also showed um, Werewolf vs. the Vampire Women, a.k.a. Um, Werewolf yeah. Shadow. Right, right. Yeah. One of the earlier the, the, ones. The other thing that I wanted to point out too, that was that with Paul Nashi, especially being a Spanish actor in Spain at the time in the 1970s, there were extreme restrictions on censorship back then because pretty much Spain was under almost a communistic rule. So for Paul Nashi to be able to have the ability to have the country, or as you would say, the state, approve these films with the amount of uh, nudity and the amount of blood was actually pretty risky. So he was actually probably very endeared by the people that were in the government in charge at the time. Spain was Spain was a little different than the Italian films and the, and the French films of the same period. So you know, when you look back on that whole situation, you know, you appreciate more what he was able to do at the time. You know, in the 1970s, because these films are actually very risque uh, for films being made at the time, probably anywhere, let alone in Spain. You know, and I and I I think I think that 
you know, they, they fit that. Like, you know, in our ad that we did for the, the promo we did for this, you know, we really played up the whole lesbian vampire angle because these films are just filled full of scattily clad women and blood and sex. And Paul Nashi is such a Casanova. He's like James Bond. He sleeps with every hot woman in every one of these movies. That whole romantic aspect and sexual aspect is very, very prominent in Paul Nashi's work, no matter which movie. I think and if he was writing the screenplay for himself to be the lead well, of character, course. you can't blame him, can you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think when he was the what I think when he was the the hunchback though he was still pursuing women, wasn't he? Which is, I mean, makes no sense because yeah. you have this, this 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 pretty homely hunchback who hasn't like probably bathed in in, in months. Let alone the blade. For some, reason, right. for some reason, six foot tall Rosanna Yanni falls for him. I don't understand, but <laughs> that's Paul Nashi scripts for you, you know. And this oh, he's, is he's actually one of his best films as, as Vladimir Dolinsky. Dolinsky? Dolinsky? What was that? Dolinsky. Danish? Donuts? You know that <laughs> the character of, of Vladimir Dolinsky, he's supposed to be a Polish nobleman. Not that it, it's really em- emphasized in any of the... Uh, <laughs> a Polish nobleman in Spain. A, Pun- oh, a Polish nobleman in Spain, yeah. I, hey, my favorite... Well, my favorite is... Up, that's why I love uh, the Spanish and Mexican horror and vampire films, because they didn't follow any rules. You never knew how the hell they were going to kill the monsters in it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Like there's one I've seen where they kill the vampires with a music note, with a music score. Well, you know, the, and, and my favorite out of all these Nashi films, and when George when George decided to show it, I was over the moon, and it ended. It ended. It was in that last film of the weekend Saturday spot, which you love to refer as the shit hour. No, the but, asshole. No, block. that's Friday, the last movie. Well, whatever. I've I've always thought that the the way that the movies have been scheduled, the final film always seems to be the most temptation for me. And the werewolf versus the vampire women woman is one of my absolute favorites. I love oh, God, the sound, parts of the soundtrack are lifted from Stu Phillips' the soundtrack for the name of the game is Kill. I love uh, yeah, this is Count the American version. That's the one I like. That's the one I like. Yeah, I don't like the oh, yeah, European cut. I like the American one. And Countess Wandesa, you know, Satan's favorite mistress. You know, the fact that it's it's the same sort of plot happens in that movie in a sense it happens in, in Armand de Sorio's Night of the Night of the uh, Sorcerers. There are these sexy vampire women that bite these other vampire women and it's just dripping with lust. Yeah. You know, and it's oh, so, and the plot the plot is just so is wonderful. Every other country, uh who's the vampire and Countess Dracula? Elizabeth Bathory. Oh, are you talking about? And every other version of that. And he did two other films where he fought Elizabeth Bathory. And we're showing one of them, The Craving, which, a.k.a. Night of the Werewolf, a.k.a. Return of the Werewolf. Which is absolutely yeah. beautiful, which is a very similar plot in a sense to The Werewolf versus The Vampire Woman. And of course, this- if you remember, in The Werewolf uh, versus The Yeti, um, again, 
there were these these insane were they vampire women or what were they in the cave in that movie? You no, know, I you know it's funny because I just watched that the other night. I've been like gearing up for this whole conversation <laughs> and for the show, and that's one of the Nashy films. Like late at night when I was, you know everything's said and done, I'll throw a Nashy on. I've been throwing a, and I threw on that one. Night, Werewolf first, the Eddie A.K. Night of the Howling Beast, and I don't know. I think they're werewolf woman. But they're not like totally like you, you see a little bit of hair on them. Yeah, I get that too. But they look I like remember. This, yeah, I, I think they're supposed to be. It's very vague. It's I think they're supposed to be werewolf print. women. I've heard in Europe they were uh, witches, and Japan, Scott, they were demons. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things like they're just evil and they turn them into a werewolf. Who knows? They are whatever you want. Yeah. Well, one thing I can tell you for sure is the Spanish horror films and the Nashi films is bringing is bringing to the drive-in screen this weekend more bare breasts than's ever been shown in the drive-in screen in one weekend. I'm sure. At least we in should this keep century. a count. <laughs> we definitely keep a count. Right. Yeah. And the second film is the one that I've killing myself for missing the most because it's my favorite of all of Nashi's films. Because of how unique it is and that's Count Dracula's Great Love. We tell us why. It goes to places you wouldn't expect it to go. And I can't really say why without ruining the freaking ending and I don't want to do that. Alright, well that's good. Well, I want to know which film was made first, Blackula or Count Dracula's Great Love? I think... Hmm. I think Dracula's Great Love came out after Blackula, but they were shot around the same time. Yeah. And And you're right, they both had the same thing. Like, when we did... uh, You was with us when we did Blackula, wasn't you, Doc? Uh, over the drive-in, unfortunately, I didn't make it to that. No, I mean he wasn't—he we wasn't coming here. when those were on, huh? Yeah. Eric is a recent. Eric's a recent uh, attendee. He wasn't. That was back in the day before Eric was coming. On top of we watched the live watch of it on here, and when the ending no. of Blackula hit, Vicky was like gobstopped on how it ended. Why? Because she didn't expect what he did. After well, are we talking about Blackula? Yeah. Well, you I know, expected it. I absolutely, I expected the ending of that because I thought he was a, I thought he was an anti-hero, sympathetic vampire, very much yeah. like Barnabas Collins. So I totally expected it. You know. I don't think that he ever wanted to be bitten by Dracula and cursed and forced to, you know. Uh, yeah. Lived the life that he was forced to live, and I also I think that he, uh, you know, he certainly wasn't like Count Yorga. And it's interesting because if you look at getting off the subject of the Spanish horror, if you look at you know the AIP films at the time, the similarities between Count Yorga and the Blackula films are, are parallel, except for one was a vicious vampire and the other was an anti-hero. You know, Blackula and Yorga both bit dozens of women and had vampire legions. And, uh, you know, we're killing people left and right and, you know, pretty much following that whole, um, that whole uh, you know, plot line. But the difference between the two characters was that Blackula was 
more of an anti-hero, and he he was doing it out of necessity or out of compulsion that he couldn't control versus Count Yorgo, which had every intention of world domination. So I don't think it was unusual that Blackula killed himself. I think he was looking for a way out in the second movie as well. You know, yeah. I mean, he he was well, a tortured immortal soul. You know, yeah. not unlike the not unlike the way Bram Stoker's Dracula was played in uh, by Gary Oldman in the updated '90s film. You know, it, and it, it's just the way that yeah, there's a lot of people that accuse the uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola of taking away that. Gary Oldman's Dracula was portrayed from uh, Count Dracula's Great Love and uh, the Jack Palance Dracula. Which I can't stand. I think it's one of the worst. And I'm a big Dan Curtis fan, obviously, but I think that Dan Curtis's Dracula with Jack Palance is horrible. I think Jack Palance is an over-the-top, shitty, cheesy actor like Adam West. And, you know, I, I, I can't take him seriously. I think his acting's horrible. I've never been a fan of basically anything Jack Palance has done. I think he's cheesy. Even so Torchwood? Huh? You know Even what, though? But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a different story, though. He wasn't committing to playing the same character for, you know, an hour and a half or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, do you like him? You actually like that Dracula, George? I, I don't like Jack Palance. Yeah, I Palance do. I, I do. I, and I see, your, I see your arguments against him. I know some people really like it. I just didn't. I didn't. He didn't have the sexuality that we've had with all the other actors that play Dracula. He just didn't have that, you know. Even it took me a long time to accept Frank Langella's Dracula because I thought Frank Langella was way too, you know, 80s romance cheesy. But in retrospective, now looking back on that Dracula, and it's of course coming out. Uh, a wonderful edition is coming out from um, Scream Factory, including the original. Uh, Technicolor yes. cut, which I can't wait to see it again. Forever. I haven't seen it in a long oh time. Oh my God! Really yes. Looking forward to that thank, release. Thank God. Huh? After all these Blue years. Blu-ray um, have the HBO version of the Frank Langella play that they put on about the same time the Dracula movie came out. I don't know if they can get it, but you know they haven't announced the extras yet. So it's possible. What's he looking for? It, was it shot on videotape? Like they did it? They showed the play. They showed a videotape. Presentation yeah. of the play? Uh, they, oh, yeah, uh, if that exists, that would be great. the play version of Dracula that Frank Langella did that got him the role yeah. on HBO in the on, early on, on, on Broadway, right? Yeah. No, he was on Broadway. Yeah. It, it just, it, you know, John Badham did a wonderful job directing that film, and the John Williams soundtrack for that movie is one of the best soundtracks John Williams ever did. You know? Absolutely. Dracula's Great uh, Love is another one that's it's unique. I mean, this is one of the most romantically inclined Draculas I've ever seen. Because there isn't anything is that Naki does in the movie Gosh. that's pretty much monstrous. <laughs> George. Are you you're talking about Dracula's Great Love? Well yeah, I mean Love, it's yeah. It's um it's definitely it's erotic, it is different. They try to make him look like Christopher Lee, I think. I agree with that. I think it's funny that his character, when he's just Wendell, the owner of the of the of the mansion where they, all the, the girls and Vic Winter comes to his house because the carriage broke down or whatever, and he looks you know like a normal guy, and then when he's a vampire, he's all of a sudden he's like decked out with his hair slicked back with the widow's peak and the cape. 
it's, it's different, but it's conventional at the same time. But I like that mix because it kind of takes elements from the Hammer films, and it definitely ups the eroticism. It, it definitely ups the nudity, and it definitely ups the gore. So, and don't forget, these, yeah. were, these are films that we saw, when we saw them on TV, they were like cut to ribbons. And they used to be on TV a lot. I'm, I'm and they were in bad probably shape, go into that too. later, you know. Yeah, they were really in bad shape, too. They weren't... Uh, you know, it was it was interesting when they started becoming available on some of the um, some of the adventurous uh, VHS uh, companies back in the '80s, late '80s, early '90s. Well, I think more early '90s. Well, you know, when Gorgon first, when Gorgon MPI first released Dracula's Great Love on VHS, they they released the um, TV print. Right. And then Sinister Cinema had. Um, <coughs> Did a 16 millimeter transfer of, uh, of the uncut version. That was like the best way to see it at that time, until this. Was that Japanese subtitles or Danish subtitles or something for that one? No, the cinema, no? cinema was from a print. It was from a, I think it was from a 16 millimeter print. Okay. And it was uncut. Yeah, but uh, one second off the Japanese laser disc didn't hit the tape trading scene till the 90s. Wow. They're going to be big. This is going to be big, baby. Yeah, big. and we didn't get a really great print of Dracula's Great Love until Vinegar Syndrome put it out on Blu-ray. That's right, it's the same print. Well, didn't it come out simultaneously from Vinegar Syndrome and another label? Weren't there two no. labels that put it out, I thought, around the same time? No, Vinegar Syndrome is the only one that put it out. There was rumors that somebody else had it at the same time, but no Okay. Nothing. Nobody ever surfaced with another release. All right. I stand corrected and on it. It's fine, and it's really good. So I, I yeah, this I, year, if you're adventurous, this is going to be a great year for you. This year, honestly, Eric, I am sad that you're not going to get to go. As much as you love the old monsters and stuff. Yeah, things are. I'm I'm still I'm working on a, a, a. It's just one of those things where, right now, there's a 99% chance that I might not able might not be able to make it, but there's always that 1% chance that I'm working on to make things. Well, we'll miss up. you, Eric. Yes. Yeah. You don't smell as bad as Steve does. Oh, <laughs> like shit, I, I do. Uh huh. <laughs> No, you guys are family. So any time that we don't see you, it's not a good day. So well, we like there's still that one. There's still that one percent that I'm working with. So I, I, I hope I you can show up. Hope so. And what's funny is the third title on the first night is the dirtiest title, but it's not the one with the most nudity, and that's the Vampire's Night Orgy. Is that the one with the, the dildo bondage in it? I don't remember. That's one of those. I think they gave <laughs> it a highly erotic title to make it sound more salacious than it is. Well, you know what? That film, there's two versions of it. There's actually um, what they call a clothed version, where they shot all the scenes with, where you know, like instead of nudity, they went like uh, Helga Linné does some, some nudity. And... There's a yep. version where she's wearing like a like say a nightgown instead of being topless, and there is that that version has come out on, on videos a lot because I think the film is public domain. So 
you've gotten a lot of, but this is the unclothed version. So this is the full drive-in nudity version. This is 35 millimeter print, the way it used to, you know, from National Amusement, the original company that released it. And I think, I believe this is the same print that Code Red uh, DVD used to, for their um, Blu-ray and DVD release. The double feature, wasn't it a double feature with a Nashi film with Hunchback? Yeah, on, on the DVD it's a double feature with uh, Dr. Jekyll and Jekyll. the Werewolf, which would, would love to see somebody release that on Blu-ray. What is that noise? Is somebody in an elevator? No, my I'm I'm working on my laptop and it's having some issues. I'm trying to fix those issues, so I apologize. Are you chatting with that. hot chicks while we're on the air, Eric? Yeah, like I said, he's you, doing a side job while he's <laughs> on the show with us. Do you, do you actually think attractive women would speak to me? I mean, seriously. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I would. Five bucks, for like five bucks a minute, yeah. Eric's hot chat for all the women. <laughs> Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, but getting anyway. back to um, getting back to the the meat and potatoes here. <laughs> did, did you know that um, you you know of course that Dra- Count Dracula's Great Love and Vampire's Nor- Night Orgy was a double famous, feature. Um, double feature. Mm-hmm. At the drive-in. Excited. And we we we're creating that because they're playing back to back. I notice you try to do that sometimes with uh, double features. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it a few times. I know I've done it with um, Frog and Taste the Blood of Dracula, but I sang with Dracula Trog. AD 72 in there, which Dracula AD 72 actually played in England with Frog, so it kind of like you get both double features in one. Genius. Um, I know there's another example somewhere that we did that, and I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't think I of think one, but I think when dinosaurs ruled the Earth and uh, the other dinosaurs... Oh, well, it's a Dracula and Horror Frankenstein, that's for sure. Yep, there you go. That's just from last year, so... Yep. And actually, Definitely. Dr. Jekyll and, Mr. H- and Sister Hyde in Blood from the Mummy's Tomb is another one. Yep. yep. More so in England, but it did, they did play together here, too. Hmm. Well, you know... Yeah, I definitely love that concept of recreating... Dr. I was Jekyll. at... The Riverside, two weeks in a row, for the screening of the promo, and the Vampire and Night Orgy. said that the girls were screaming like the Beatles fans were back in the 60s when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show. That's what you said. They, they exactly gasped. Big. People yeah. gasped. Vampire's Night Orgy. And people <laughs> just... The, the very, very, you know, straight-laced horror-going... Or it's one guy, there's a guy that comes to Living Dead Weekend, um, and uh, he and his wife, and they were there, and they have a hearse, and I'm not going to mention any names, and he referred to this audience as the normies. So the normies were just a little bit taken back by Vampire's Night Orgy and beautiful Vex vampire women, no, beautiful vampire victims in a bloodlust weekend, and it was very enjoyable to sit there and these non, you know, genre people seeing this promo, so we're hoping that it lures some of them out for a new experience next weekend, you know? I think I've ran into the normies, because they come to Monster Bash sometimes, don't they? Right. Sure. Okay, one time I handed him a copy of the Wings Chop Sampler, 
and it had a little bit of nudity in it, and his wife made him oh, hand yeah. it back. Very oh, well. Yeah, I was I was literally standing right next to Steve when that happened. I was Wait. just like, <laughs> okay. Why was why is Steve oh, distributing and, naked photos of himself see. in his magazine? You know, you talk oh, about nudity. I mean, I, I, I don't think that the monster ramas are ever like that tasteless or yeah. anything. No, but they're not. Show, the here to show R-rated films with nudity, you know, but that's, that's common, right? On time. Instead, he wants to fly around like a jaybird. Say hello, Mr. Jerk, who's late on purpose because you think other things are more important. Who? Hello, George. Hello, guys. This is Carl. Hey, Carl. Hey, Carl. Hi, Carl. I, I, I have raised the enmity of Mr. Steven. I apologize. Carl? Is, is that Carl the Carlton the doorman or Carl the monster guy? Carl the monster guy. Hi, Carl. Carl the doorman from Rhoda? Yeah. I just watched that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, wish. I mean, it reminds me George, can you imitate Carl, Carl to the doorman? Yeah. No. His wife was looking at him stern like she was going to kill him, and he had to hand the magazine back to me like a 10-year-old little boy whose mom called him with a dirty magazine. Well, how much, like, what was the extent of the nudity? Just, like, to- a topless woman or something? Do you remember... Yeah, a topless woman. Do you remember... Uh, the Burt Reynolds layout, that's what Steve did. Steve recreated the Burt Reynolds playgirl layout in the middle. I can't do I've told you millions of times. Where his privates are, I'm said, come to Monsterama. Yes. That's why you don't talk to me. I'm not a bear. I am. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't leave any food out. Because I can sniff it a mile away. So what's the last yeah. film? How, where, which which number are we on? Uh, so I want to get back to the, the nudity thing. Now, does anybody like... Do George wants to talk about tits, right? No, I'm just talking about, like, <laughs> I, you know, when I schedule this show, I, I, I try not to show anything that's too over the top. Uh, I, there's certain movies I won't show because I just think they're too nasty and too... I agree with you because we I mean, we these are R-rated us. films with a little bit of, like, Correct. a little bit of TNA here and there. There's nothing... Bad. I mean, these, these are movies that played on television in cut versions. So, I mean, think about that. Um, you know, and I, I'm going to support what you're saying by making this statement. I really mean it. And I try not to say this on Facebook. It really pisses me off when people come on the community page and they want to see these films with no fucking respect to the fact that there are women and children in that audience, okay? We're not running a 42nd Street drive-in show, okay? If it's a little bit racy and sexy with some nudity, that's one thing. But when people comment on the page or message us for these films that are inappropriate for our audience, the bottom line is you don't know what the fuck you're doing, and I'm thankful that you don't have your own show because it's not appropriate. Part of the thing that George has done over the years, as he has said, has really tailored it to that type of an audience so that it's respectful that it's maybe a little bit of nudity or sexual innuendos, but nothing that's violent or disgusting like Last House on the Left or, you know, uh, I Spit on Your Grave or something like that. Those are films that you can't really show at one of our, our shows. They're just not appropriate movies. No, that's, yeah, that's every, what we every year show, and it's not for it's fine for, the, for other venues and for other events. I mean, and I'm not Correct. knocking those movies because I have some of them and I've seen some of them, 
And but like you said, it's just not for this event. This is this is something yeah. different. I and we do show stuff that has a lot of gore and nudity, but I don't think anything is. You know, it's always it's always appropriate to the theme of the whole thing of the whole concept yeah. of the show and what uh, we're trying correct. to recreate. And now, it's like another film, thing I want to say too is about is, um, uh, people that say online. I've seen people make comments in the past when we show like this kind of program that we're showing this weekend. <clears throat> And it says, you know, kids under 12 free. And then people say, oh, you know, these, are, these aren't good movies for kids. Well, yeah, no, I'm not saying they're good movies for kids, but maybe you have, you know, adults that can't get a babysitter. Right. And they want to bring them to the show, and they're going to fall asleep in the car anyway. And they probably can see worse on cable television anyway. So what are you talking about? And the reason why we let the kids in for free is because the first year we had a family it was they came late and they were just i think they were just came by cuz they were curious and it was uh i think it was like a, a parent two parents and like three children small children and emma like said you know they you know cuz we just we had a regular the 10 dollar fee for everybody at the time we just cuz we this is the beginning we weren't sure how to you know put everything Price together with point, the chart, right. but sure. but she yeah. said like you know they, you know, they, they they don't want to pay fifty dollars to come in. I'm like, you know what? Just let the kids in free. Like, just make the parents pay. And then she said, fine. And they came in. You know, so I'm like, that's why we've always stuck to that. You know, kids under twelve free with with parent adult guardian because we encourage it. And you don't see a lot of little kids, but the ones that want to bring them and can't get a babysitter or whatever, and they're gonna fall asleep in the car. You know, we're trying to make it economical for people like that. You know. Yeah. Man, it's, it's still friendly. That What's that? What is that, Steve? Did you drive and do that, Carl? Do the whole kids in free under 12? Only when there was a family-friendly show. Most of my, most of the ones we did at Limestone were not family-friendly, so no. Yeah, but, you know, family-friendly, yeah, because you get the kids in there, and they get them for free, and the parents are more likely taken to the snack bar. Well, yeah, you know right. what else? The, 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 I, w- I was out with my next-door neighbor um, to see it uh, Friday night, and she had not been to a driver in 30 years. And she is a parent of two twin five-year-old girls, and she could not believe the amount of young children that were at this It movie, um, and I, which to me was disturbing because I don't think the movie is subject material for kids under 12. Under any circumstances, I'm I'm really if I was a parent, I would be okay with my kids seeing these R-rated movies. You know, if it's this horror and whatnot, over the age of 12, but not under 12. And there was a lot of people there that had kids that were you know young, young kids that they're exposing to this. I and my theory, our theory was because it was mostly boys. That it was a dad and son bonding thing. Like, the father is a fan of horror movies, so, you know, he takes the kid out to see the horror films. He knows he knows the boundaries with the son, you know, if he can handle it. Because, I mean, all these kids are watching The Walking Dead on television and stuff on streaming services. So, yeah. it's different from when we were growing up and our films were our films. And you didn't go. You know, I did because I used to trick adults into taking me, but that's, that's you know, look what happened to me. <laughs> anyway, but, in the yeah, last so. Night, 
Dracula saga, which is, I don't think that one ever got any, that one even get theatrical play in the U.S.? Yes, it did. Okay. It, um, it actually played, I think it didn't start to play until the late 70s. And then it usually played with Vengeance of the Zombies as a double feature, which is also directed by Leon Klamowski, which is, of course, the Paul Nashie movie. Uh, it's a film I'd love to get a hold of a print of that to show, but it hasn't come. It, uh, Vengeance of the Zombies was also re-released as Walk of the Dead in the in the 80s. So you never know. Maybe that'll turn up at Monsterama one day. But, yeah, it did play. Right. The I've got that in the big, bo- in the big uh, Nashie box set. In fact, I think I think Bill's um, Groovy Doom ad with the Dracula saga, that's like the original theater ad, the United States, the US theater ad. Bill did a beautiful job with yeah. that ad, you know. Yeah, that's the that's that's one of the ads I've seen for that. I haven't been able to come across a press book or a um poster for it, but uh, as far as um a United States release, but I have seen ads for that double feature with the Dracula saga with the Avengers of the Zombies. And like I said, I don't think it, the film is from 72, and I don't think it started to play until like 77, 78, something like that. But probably only well, you know, I don't, and, like, and I, don't think it, I don't think it played in New York or anything like that, you know. I want to take a minute here to talk about a couple things. I know we got to get, are we, are, like can William we go longer? Now. Couple, qu- yeah. Okay, here's the question. Steve, are we going later than 8? Can we, are we able to go a little bit later or... Yeah, I thought we were going until 9. <laughs> okay, 9 o'clock, good. Okay, because here's the deal. I have Are we an going agenda. Till 9? Are we 9 o'clock? It's almost 8 o'clock now. We didn't even start. Yeah, yeah. George, Yeah, we have to go to 9. Okay, listen, because yeah. we had George, George and I have an agenda, right, because we're fucking superstars, right? Okay, listen. <laughs> so, anyway, don't make me get British on your fucking asses, eh? So, anyway, <laughs> here's the deal, right? So, Drive-In Asylum, you know, did, did an, a special shark issue, and uh, George and I have our top uh, five picks for Monsterama in it, um, and then we're going to do the top five picks for the best April Ghouls coming up in, um, sometime in the near future. So, uh, Groovy Doom, Bill did this special issue for us, well, did this special issue with sharks, and we're in there, and then, of course, his new issue, Haunt, is going to be coming out in time for the drive-in, and he's very excited about this issue of Haunt. Haunt is one of his best sellers. It's a special geared around Halloween, and uh, I want to say thanks to Bill for all of his support, and uh, we've supported him, and it's been a it's been a great uh, a great partnership. So thank you, Bill, for everything. Awesome. So. All right, I'm ready. Can Move I'll on. I'm done. I'll issues of this stuff before it's good stuff. <clears throat> what? Go on, what? His bag is right, well, sold at the drive-in before. I bought it. Right, he's oh, doing yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. And while we're, doing, while we're doing the thank yous, thank you, Ron Zoso, for another fucking spectacular um, shirt for this fall. Um it's incredible. Ron always uh, outdoes himself uh, with the shirt design, so we're very excited about that, too. And um, I got one two weeks ago when I was out there, and they will be available for sale at the show. And uh, he, had, he had a huge pre-order this time on, on shirts. So if you haven't ordered your shirts yet, you have one week, or you'll take your chances. 
for what he has no. in stock. So where would you, you know be able to me, order those? What? Uh, I won't be able to sit <clears throat> in my beloved glider because there's some guy who's stealing it for, and I want none of the things that he has. We're talking oh, about Rob Floyd. That, that was my next. That was my next subject. Of Captain Kronos' signet ring. Rob is oh, fucking wow. amazing. Oh yeah, I mean, you I got the, 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 the Dracula ring by Ruzi, the uh, the Dracula versus Frankenstein ring. It looks exactly like. So like we it. were, yeah, and he he actually he has all that stuff. A lot of that stuff is licensed, actually. Uh, especially the the, um, the what George was talking about. He got permission from the copyright holders to actually create those. Now the story about Rob is Rob has been a regular at our events for, oh, my God, forever. And um, I was at Monster Bash, and he was there selling, and I walked past the table, and I saw all this stuff that was handcrafted. And George can tell you, I immediately texted George and sent him the photos, and I said, this guy is great. We should feature him. And George was like, yes, yes, absolutely. So Rob will be there near where George has the basket and um, – all the other the Blu-rays and stuff, uh, and he'll be selling his stuff. So stop by oh, and oh, check oh, out oh. Rob's stuff. And he's got some Nashi uh, stuff. He has. He's just created a line of Nashi. He handcrafts all this stuff. He is amazing. It's a labor of love, being a horror, uh, being a horror fan. So yeah, yeah thank and you, Rob, for coming out. Right now, I want to <clears> quote my favorite line from Basket Case. What's in the basket, George? What's in the basket? Your brother. The basket is... Belial! Uh, <laughs> it's two very valuable Paul Nashy distinctive dummy figures. And I'm talking about they're very rare and they're very expensive. So I hope that people will take that in mind and take a chance. Because it all goes to a good cause. It goes to Masarama. It goes back to getting films for the next show. And it's also got three werewolf figures. Really cool. It's... Uh, well, the, the, the distinctive dummy Polnashi figure is a 12-inch one from World vs. the Vampire Woman, and then there's a smaller 8-inch, like, Mego type for um, from the one we're showing, The Craving, a.k.a. Night of the Werewolf. Like I said, these are, really, these are like, limited. I mean, they're, scar- they're scarce. They're, like, limited to, I think, some. there might have been only, like, 60 made of each. So this is, you know, if anybody who wins this is really... And, and for you know, like, and I said, nobody donates this thing. I I have to search this stuff out, so it takes months and months, and I'm putting these things together, buying things, trying to find, you know. Uh, the other three figures is Amigo, Mad Wolfman, recreation from the 70s. Beautiful. And then there's two um, Lon Chaney faces screaming werewolf um, werewolf <coughs> figures. Now I how did we now? And we have what a Paul night? Nashie autograph from Dracula's Great, an authentic Paul Nashie autograph. Oh. Wow. From my collection, it's an authentic autograph from 2000, and it's going to be, the runner-up is going to win that, that, that autograph. It's a nice awesome. 8 by 10 from Dracula's Great Love. It's on, the, awesome. it's on the page, so there's pictures of everything. You can see it. Community page that is. Now, are you doing that for just Saturday night or Friday night? Which night well, are you? Well, you can buy tickets um, both nights, but they're both going to be the winner's going to be called Saturday night. Okay. <laughs> like last year, because we've been you know to do two baskets can be very expensive and time-consuming. So 
I agree. Yeah. So I think last September we did two, but last September, you know, was we had you know issues with the iffy weather and, and you know, so it's it was the decision was made just to make one really good basket this year. And the weather looks stellar this year too. This could be one of the warmest ones yet. I think the 80s so. during the day and you know high 50s or low 60s at night. Um, by all means, wear shorts, but by all means, bring a hoodie. I was out at the Riverside Friday night, and the temps dropped, and it was clear, and the full moon was up, and, but there was a little bit of a breeze, and if you're not into that, you're going to need a hoodie. But I was in shorts, and I was very comfortable. So, And uh, the Riverside has a bunch of great uh, great snacks, uh, returning snacks this year. Uh, Haluski is back, and... Um, they're going to do the National Hot Chicken that they did in April and all of all of their regular big selling items are going to be returning. So Stop get ready to buy some goodies. I have a Sounds really for, good, guys. Uh, <coughs> Eric has a question. Everybody. Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, where can we pre-order the shirts uh, like you mentioned earlier? Go see Ron. Are you friends with Ron on Facebook? I don't think so. Okay, just go to the go to the thread on. And thank you for bringing this up because I told everybody they should buy them. And of course, I didn't tell them how. Um, I should write. You know what? I should write manuals for IKEA. That, if you, some of you will get that joke because that's exactly what it's like when you buy furniture. Um, don't use any of your own tools. Wrong. Uh, anyway. You go to the drive-in Monsterama page, and you will find there um, the, the actual, um, what do you call it, the thread, and that's exactly where you're going to uh, to ask him for the shirt. Just tell gotcha. him what size you need, and everything will be perfect. Yep. yep I, I found the shirts. It's the it's an awesome picture of you and a fan, and the fan's pointing at the shirt, so we'll uh, that definitely... That is Leanne. Uh, that's Leanne... Uh, Schrader, who uh, is a works at the drive-in part time, and she's one of my sidekicks uh, for travel, and she also is uh, works with me at the Living Dead Weekend at the box office. So hello, Leanne Schrader. Huh? <clears throat> she's awesome. Yes. Yes. Very cool. And before we get to the second night, do you have any big surprises in store without even revealing for the Living Dead Weekend this year for all of the zombies marching in from across the United States? Actually, no, not that I'm aware of. I haven't touched base with Kevin since uh, for about a week, and we actually had a tragedy um, last Saturday. We lost Lane Carroll, and yeah. um, that was really awful. Lane Carroll for people tuning in and aren't really, you know, in the knowledge. Lane Carroll was one of the women that starred in George Romero's The Crazies, which was filmed in Evan City, Pennsylvania, and she was uh, one of the guests that was, was supposed to be at the convention. And she also was in um, the precursor to Faster Pussycat Kill Kill called Motorpsycho. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she, and did, she has a she, different name for that, right? She had a different name for that, and she had a different name – what we came to find out was that she had a different name for several other movies that she made, but I don't have a list of them. So in other words, she had left this area and she had gone to Hollywood and she had made a number of films out there. And 
<clears throat> you know, it's crazy because Living Dead Fest and Living Dead Weekend has been going on for a decade now, I guess, practically, and this woman was sitting right there in Evan City this entire time, and Kevin found founder, Kevin, uh, the creator of the Living Dead Weekend, and he invited her, and she was receptive, and she was going to only do this event and no events other than this event because she wasn't really keen on the whole convention thing. And uh, she died in her sleep last Friday night into Saturday, so it was horrible. So, unfortunately, we're not going to have the pleasure of meeting Lane in person. Um, Also, I believe he found the naked zombie from the movie, so I think that's a selling point for coming for the weekend because the nude zombie was not... not, uh, they didn't know who she was for a lot of years. She's still new, too. Yeah, yeah. She I'm actually, like that at the convention. They have to, you know. <laughs> she does a lot. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that'll definitely bring out the fans. But anyway, that is happening the weekend after Monsterama. So uh, if you're in this, the Pittsburgh area, it's... Just, uh, come, just, just, just come out your damn it and just stay for the whole damn week. I mean, really, you got next yeah, you got just stay there and stop. And then you got Cinema Wasteland in Cleveland the next weekend with, with you know when they the Cinema Wasteland people are also supporters of of uh, the Monster Ramas. Uh, they're good people, and it's they're part of the whole you know uh, everybody gets along with everybody. And uh, their event is in Cleveland the following weekend, Cinema Wasteland. So it's like you know if you're in the mood to attend fun events, you have. Monsterama, the 20th, the 27th, you have Living Dead, and you have Cinema Wasteland on the 6th. So there you go. It's a triple threat. And, and then Ron's, I think Ron's, isn't Ron's thing coming up too? Isn't Monster Bash is coming yeah, up Monster in October? Yeah, Monster Bash in October. I don't know much about that. But to open but up with the second night, isn't Boston this Space the outdoor people. world premiere of this new print? Yeah. What's that? I didn't catch that. I didn't catch what you the said. Out, what? The drive-in premiere of this new print of the first film of the second night. Okay. Yes, let's see. Uh, let, let's see in close live, but it's the Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue is the title we're showing. Yeah. Right. What right. happened was with that was when I was putting the Spanish Horror Night or Spanish Horror Weekend together, out of the blue, Synapse Films announced that you know they're going to do this Blu-ray of a new. Restoration, 4K restoration of The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. All right, and the Blu-ray is in the future, not announced yet, and there's no date for it, but they're doing a theatrical release. So it it shows up that it's going to play in Fantasia Festival in Canada first. So I get, like, right away I get in touch with them. I'm like, I have to, you know, I've been wanting to show this for years. Can can we book it? Long story short, they said, yeah, absolutely. We're going to, you know, we're going to make a DCP for you and this and that. So, yeah, this is the first time that this new restoration of, of The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue is playing at a drive. And it's been playing a couple of venues. I think it played at the Colonial as part of yeah. Splatterfest, which is yeah. in Pennsylvania. And it might have yeah. played somewhere, I'm thinking, in West, like California or something like that. So this is this is the only, about the fourth or fifth venue that this new restoration is playing at, and the first time... It's playing at a drive-in, and I'm really excited about this because this is a film we've been showing for years. I've been wanting to show for years, and it certainly fits the bill of the Spanish Hard Weekend. It's a half, it's a Spanish-Italian co-production, but it's a Spanish director. It's definitely considered a Spanish zombie film. 
Or and it's a definitely out. a headline film. This is the film to see the drive. If people will come out for this, then they might as well just, you know, put on the uh, farm report and go to sleep. I mean, this is something <laughs> to come out for, you know? Yeah, this would be one you would come up for, wouldn't it, Carl? Oh, without a doubt. I have I have both cuts. I've got uh, The Living Dead of Manchester Morgan, what Sleeping Corpses, corpses Alive. Yeah, sorry. Um, Have you got but, to yeah, see it, I, I love this one. I also, I also love it because it's a, an ecological take on the zombies. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Have you got yeah. to and when this film, film first came out in the 70s in the United States, it was released by Hallmark uh, dis- Distributing, which was uh, they were they were um, they were under American International Pictures as far as a distribution company under American International Pictures. They released the film here in 1976 as Don't Open the Window. They mm-hmm. cut the film. They don't know how, They don't promote it as a zombie film. They don't promote it as the Night of the Living Dead ripoff like they did with the Blind Dead movie. Right. And it's just like the weirdest ad campaign where they have images from a, a movie with um, Linda Hayden and um, Shelley Winters. I can't... It's, it's an early 70s movie, and I keep the... I, it's... But the, it, the images have nothing no, to do Andy with the movie. Rude. If you ever see the, the poster for it, it's so misleading and it doesn't really say anything. They could have, I mean, back then, the Hallmark could have really, like, promoted this movie unrated with barf bags. I don't know what happened. I don't know why they kind of just threw it to the side and cut it, you know, had it, a cut version. And, um, you know, they they could have had a major hit on their hands. And it kind of went to explain. Right yeah. then, uh, Hallmark was doing great business with their Three Houses of Fear triple feature, which was uh, uh, Don't Look in the Basement, which ties in good, uh, Last House on the Left, and Bay of Blood. And sometimes so the you know what? The House of Vanished, too. The British film, yeah, the, the Joseph Lorenz film. So yeah, I wanted to. They were going to create another one with Don't. So you'd have what? don't look in the basement, don't go in the house, the house that vanished, and don't, don't talk crazy. open the window. Okay. The Manchester the, 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 the movie George is referring to is called Something to Hide. It was reissued here as That's right. And Peter Shattered. Finch is in it too, right? Yeah. Uh, correct, yeah. Because yeah. I think his image and, shows up in the poster too for some reason. <laughs> they have something to hide, and it's actually a picture of Linda Hayden, apparently nude, looking out a window. Avco Embassy, UK, 1972. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a lot of years. I think I I'll show up on television actually. over here in New York. On, yeah, I remember you know, that. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. And a lot of people yeah, complain about this because it doesn't follow the Romero rules. What's the Romero rules? Yeah. You kill the zombie by shooting them in the head and things like that because women did at Manchester Morgan have some bizarre stuff. They have, you can't take pictures of them and they vanish. They turn them into well, zombies. They anoint their the eyes heart, like a The baptism. heart of the movie, the movie is more, rev- the movie is, a, if you haven't seen it, and we're not going to give the plot away, but we'll talk about some of the structure. The movie mm-hmm. very much has a it is it is a it's a very strong mixture of 
British horror from the 1970s. It has a Hammer vibe to a certain degree mixed with the Italian horror stuff, okay? So it sort of has what you're talking about, like I said earlier, the suspension of disbelief of the Italian horror genre, and but it also plays, obviously, as a fun British afternoon horror film. And what I mean by that is the type of thing I know that George and I grew up watching on Saturday afternoons. You know, there were always these British horror films that had this certain feel to them, and this yes. movie is a this movie is a hybrid of both of those of both of those styles is what's unique about it you know it it has this strange sort of suspension of disbelief thing that's going on with the photographer and what you're talking about and <coughs> excuse me like a jalio but it also has and you know what else here's the thing it has a fulci feel once it really starts going and you're dealing with the zombies and the manchester morgan stuff and they're wandering the halls and the blood and the fire. There is definitely a Lucio Fulci kind of thing happening with this movie. So I would say that's something to watch for when you're watching it. You're going to and see. And don't forget, this is a good five years before <coughs> Fulci made a zombie movie. Correct, absolutely. Yeah. But that—that's what it definitely is a mashup of. It's a mashup uh-huh. of of British horror and Fulci. That's the best way of putting and it. I believe I believe Gene, that the guy that did the makeup, the gore effects, was was Fulci's guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. there's some really gory, there's some pretty, pretty heavily gory stuff in there. There's some, there's some uh, Carl wants to say something. Okay, uh, one of the things, you know, you're talking about this mix of British and Italian. Well, you must, might as well just call it Spanish. Jorge Grau was the Spanish director. If you take a look at the Spanish-style of films. It was amalgams of a number of things. But if you take a look at Grouch, you take a look at Jose Laraz. Uh, right. Uh, even today, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Last Circus. Um, the Iglesia. It's this mashup that, that, that is, is this potent little stew of so many different ideas, and particularly back then, you know, in the 70s. Um, uh, and, and I love the film. I, it's one of my favorite zombie films of all time. I think it's a great film. And it's a great gift for you guys. But, you know, let's, let's make sure we, you know, you understand that, that I, I think it's a Spanish-style film because of that. It's not just a mix-up or a mash-up. You know, I get that. I agree with you, too. Absolutely. I think I think that's very much the case. I just think that, I think that I always, when I, when people, it's funny because the thing about, Two things to mention here that I want to mention. Um, one thing being that, you know, in, in addition to making Sleeping uh, Corpses Lie, he also did, Jorge Grau also did a Bathory film called The Legend of Blood Castle. A.K.A. So, the Female Butcher. Yeah, The Female Butcher. So let's mention that and put that aside. But let's go back to, you know, a lot of zombie fans, especially working with the Living Dead Weekend fans, it's always fun for them to, you know, reach out and find new zombie films. Every once in a while on Facebook, I'll see where somebody's watching something for the first time. And I would describe, I would just say this is the British version, I always say, of, even though it's Spanish, of Night of the Living Dead is how I try to bring people to the yard to, to watch this movie. Um, it wasn't something that I saw growing up, and it wasn't available 
I don't remember seeing it on VHS. Did you see it on VHS, no, George? No, it was never released on VHS. Yeah, I never saw it on VHS. It I was on um, bootleg. The I, first time I saw it, actually, was a, a, a rip of the Japanese tape or the Japanese laser disc. I can't remember. That might have been yeah. the case. And then I think, I know I bought the, I bought the, um, the Anchor Bay release, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, it was something that was uh, just not, it wasn't available over here. It was something that, it was new to us in the 90s, in other words. I think that's the best well, way. Well, you know, the first, my first experience with the, with the, with the movie was seeing, and, and this goes back to the 70s again, and this is being a kid and being absolutely horrified because it was a book by Alan Frank called Monsters of the Movies. I remember that, yes. And they that. had yes. photos from yes. this movie. Correct. And like compared to everything yeah. else, this was like, oh my God, what is this? This looks like so disgusting and scary. They had a um, a photo of the uh, autopsy victim that looks like Pete Townsend with a with a white yes, towel wrapped around he his does. head. Yes, he does. He does. He does look and like. And he's Townsend. got his big Absolutely. scar going all up and down his his torso, you know, <laughs> in the middle of his torso. Right, and I'm like, right. look at it. I'm just studying this picture. I'm like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever, you know, I've ever, you know, what is this film? And I think the book was was. I think in England at some point it was called Breakfast at the Manchester Moor because I'm pretty sure the yeah uh, right. it was called it might they might have they might have referred to it as Living Dead at the Manchester Moor or uh, but it was referred to no, Breakfast at the Manchester Moor at some point too. Uh, and it was also covered in the Halls of Hammer magazine in the 70s. Massive didn't get much coverage here, but I guess because of the "Don't Open the Window" title well, and kinda, this was, it was relegated to a drive-in. Yeah, like what he was saying, Steve was saying, yeah, it was kind of just chucked into this sort of drive-in, drive-in space, and it was, uh, it played the drive-in circuit as, you know, the movie that everybody was probably having sex during, I'm sure, so, you know, that's the way it was, but, um, yeah, it's, 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 we've talked about it, I wanted to see it for years at Monsterama, so this is perfect. Uh, This is the perfect, this is the time, this is... Another another company was going to do a re-release about I don't know three four or five years ago and then they just like canceled it so it never it was like ah well, I'm you know but now the timing is always like you're in the right place in the right time and this is the perfect timing to be showing this and to be part of yep. this re-release this restoration I'm just so happy to be showing this and so proud and and from what Don May of Synapse has told me the restoration is just is just outstanding so we're going to be in for a treat. The the what did you call them the people normies the uh, the, 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 the normies the, yes yes the 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 ones that come to this thing thinking they might think it's a new movie trying to look like something from the seventies that's how good it should look so yeah it's an amazing film too and it just it's it I think the clip that everyone sees of this movie first on YouTube and in one of the trailers is the shot where. This gentleman, and doesn't he get, you're talking about the Pete Townsend guy, isn't he the, the drowning victim? Yeah, and, no, that's, uh, uh, that's, 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 that's Guthrie. Yeah, that's they're down character. in, the, 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 oh, okay, the, down. the Pete Townsend was just the guy that was in the, right, um, right, the hospital okay. that had just gotten okay. an autopsy and Actually, got off the, guy, the slab. Yeah. yeah, the guy that attacks the girl down in the glen by the creek looks remarkably like the actor that was, that was on, um, what was the name of the 80s show with, um, with uh, oh shit, uh, I, it took place in Columbus, Ohio. I'm drawing blank here. Um, the family and and they're like hippies. They're ex hippies. Well, he was in Tremors. Help me out. Oh well, family. Oh ties. yeah, yeah, yeah family yeah. ties. Michael, Michael Gross. Paul. You mean Michael Gross? He looks yes. like Michael Gross. Yes. yes. <laughs> 
He God. looks like a more a more hardy and, and, and beefier of my voice, but yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. But that's who he sort of resembles. But I mean, the scene where she's down in this sort of glen or valley and uh you hear this heartbeat and this creepy music and then you turn and he's coming at her and then she gets in the car and then she he's reaching in the window. It's all very reminiscent of Night of the Living Dead. It's very homage. It's one of the first Night of the Living Dead ripoffs. I think it's the first Italian Night of the Living Dead. If I'm not mistaken, excuse me. I mean, it's the first. I should rephrase that. It's the first European Night of the Living Dead ripoff. Absolutely. Am I I right in that? I I think so. Am I forgetting something? The last thing before we move on is. Wait, I want to go back to that. What I just said. Can can we back up? Steven. The relationship between. Steven. Stop. Please. Before we go on, was, was Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue the first European Night of the Living Dead ripoff? I think so, yeah. Because there were American yeah. ones like Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things and Messiah of Evil. And that would have been the first European one for sure, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's the first. And that took five years, so, I mean, five or six years. Well, that's pretty, uh, took them a while to get on that bandwagon. Yeah. You know. Night of right, the Devil, please. the vampire movie has okay. elements, but it's still a vampire movie, so you really can't. I love that it. movie. Yeah. After watching Night of the Living Dead, and you look at the relationship between the cop and Ray Lovelock's character, you're expecting what happens, but it okay. doesn't stop there, and then you're just like, what? Right. Yeah. I get that. And the next. Is pretty much what I call the Blind Dead movie on opium because it has this bizarre drug-like feel throughout the whole movie. I think I know what you mean. And that's Night of the Seagulls. That got some laughter at the drive-in because I don't think that the normies <laughs> knew what it was about. I think they thought it was about seagulls attacking people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that, that's unfortunate that it has that title. I, I think, know. you know, going back to, you know, this just explains why when it was released on 80s, uh, when it was released on VHS in the 80s, by, I, I, I think Sony released it on, on VHS, and they, they retitled it Night of the Death Cult. But the, but the... Print, I remember that. Yeah, but the principal yes. said Night of the Seagulls, and they go, and they said at the beginning, they had an exclaimer, something like to the effect of, for marketing purposes, this film has been retitled Night of the Death Cult. And then, you know, and then we go on and it would set the regular Night of the Seagulls credit. They didn't try to, re, you know, put a new video title. But obviously, because that's a pretty un, unmarketable title. I mean, it, it makes no, you know, it's like, because these seagulls hover over these dead, dead ceremonies and... and what are the people going to do that so bad? Shit on you? You're right. I, I can understand why you're <laughs> laughing, you know? Do you, did you, you, do you remember in, um, okay, this is this is slightly off subject, but it has to do with seagulls. What was the, the Spanish? Flock. No, it wasn't about a flock of seagulls. What about? Do, 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 do. I'm sorry. No. Was it about Jonathan Livingston? No, neither. Jonathan Livingston seagull, yeah. Okay, so... How about George? has a copy of Johnson Living Seagull hidden under his mattress. Why? (laughs) I don't. He's lying. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, here we go. How about... I'm going to have to look this up on Facebook. I mean, on on the Internet, because I think... I don't know if you guys are going to get this. What is the... It's not okay. Here we go. This is like I could do charades, but you can't see. 
director, not Jean Roland, but who's the other director that did a lot of 70s Spanish or Italian horror? What was his name? Uh, Franco. Franco. Franco's movie about the vampires where they keep showing seagulls as bats. What is it? Oh, that female vampire, a.k.a. The Loves of Lorena, a.k.a. The Bear Bear. No, it was, a, it was a different one. It was a different one. It wasn't. They may have done it with female vampire, but that's not the one I'm thinking Is it Dracula versus Frankenstein? Dracula Prisoner of Frankenstein? No, I don't think so. I'm looking um, it up right Was it the one with Soledad Miranda? The, um, Possibly. What's that called? Vampire um, <laughs> Lesbos? No. Okay. Uh, you guys continue, and I'm looking it up right now, and I will tell you. It just struck me funny that we're making fun of these movies. With uh, is it Nightmares Come at Night? No. Well, it's not a vampire movie, so it does have. No, which one is it? That might be the one. I'm sure, it's not. Maybe it's Dr- uh, the Daughter of Dracula. I don't remember. I, I think it's female vampire because even in the movie, the car has a seagull. I just remember sitting there freaked out over the fact that they were using seagulls as vampires, and I was like, what the fuck is this about? You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that female vampire, because every time she slaps the wings, well, she turns get into paid. a seagull. But they did use it. They did do the same thing in Nightmares Come at Night, I'm pretty sure, which was right yeah. after Vampire Lesnar. All right. We're moving on. It's the fourth film of the Blind Dead. Well, we've only done we didn't the second one. We haven't done the third one yet, which is uh He's still talking about the second one. He said it's the fourth Blind Dead movie. Steven, oh, yeah, focus. The fourth Blind Dead movie, yeah. I don't know why he made it so dreamlike and turned it into from a zombie film into more like something of the Wicker Man. It's almost like those Blind Dead movies. They're not. They're like remake. They're, each one is a remake of the same thing. There's no. There's no continuity. They just stand on their own, pretty much. They just. None of them is really a sequel to, to another one. Well, at least the Night of the Seagulls opens on the same beach that closed the uh, horror of the zombies. What's that? Night of the Seagull opens on a shot of the same beach that ended uh, the Ghost Galleon. I I want to believe that I do. I want to believe I, you that know, that's I didn't even where think they. Of that. You know, you might have something there. I I want to believe that that's where they came ashore from the end of the third to go into the uh, to go into the um, into the fourth one. That's what I want to believe. I, I thought that that ship ended up in somebody's toilet. Oh, oh my God! That's the best ever. The best ever, honest to God. Um, it's, it's not, not my favorite out of all of them, that's for sure. One. But I'll tell you what's scary in Night of the Seagulls, the crabs. There are these crabs that when, and it's such a, it's such an Amondo DeSorio thing, chained to a rock with crabs attacking you. Ugh, horrible. What is Wasn't worse that than what being... Of in New York in the 70s and uh, raped by crabs. Getting a crab. Okay. <clears throat> What's that? Getting the crabs oh, in the 70s. Uh, in uh, not a good thing. No. I not don't a good know what? Thing. No, catching the crabs. 
All right. Well, I think everybody can still get them. They, you know, <laughs> bed bugs are just more popular today. Yeah. That's so, right. number three. Yeah. Third feature of Saturday Night. The crazy, the, the, which I've never heard of it under this title before. This is the I U.S. Have. title. This is the U.S. Uh, 35 millimeter print. This is the U.S. release print. It's a beautiful print. It came out in the. It came out in over here about 1985. I think the same company that released Burial Ground released it. Yes. Yes. And of course, they called it the craving to cash in on like the howling and that kind of thing. Yep. Absolutely. You know? Yep. 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 yep, yep you know, yep. calling a movie Night of the Werewolf in 1985 really wasn't. That know, would never have sold. Silver Bullet. You got. You know. You got. The Monster Squad, they didn't use Werewolf in the title of movies at that time, so it was... No, definitely a different structure. You can understand why they were called The Craving, you know. A different structure entirely, and that's the truth. So, And that's a great movie. That's a very, very good movie. So, you know, again, and I just actually watched it um, a couple weeks ago, I saw it, and... Um, and it does have a very similar structure to The Werewolf versus The Vampire Woman. Um, I think it's more bloodier, that's for sure. There's some pretty gruesome, bloody stuff in this one. Yeah. Compared oh, to the this other. Is it, it, this is 1980. This is 1980. Right, it definitely bumps up the gore, know. that's for sure. Yeah. He had to, yeah. he was trying to, um, you know, bring it more up to date, but he still got one foot in the past, which I kind of like. But there definitely, you know, there's more gore. There's more, it's really a, a good-looking film. And um, the world's makeup is different now. He's got, you know, he's got definitely did something with the headpiece. It looks very different than what it, it looked like in the previous. They're trying to modernize it a little bit, but it's still, it's still an old-fashioned werewolf movie with the modern kind of. He regenerated. Yeah. And to yet another werewolf. It's so. got some ridiculous cursing at the beginning, where these, <laughs> these guys are like getting mad at their girlfriend and they start like cursing at them, and you know, of course, yeah. the dubbing is. is <laughs> That's great. You know, spectacular well, at least. At least the writing isn't as bad as Burial Ground. We love Burial Ground. Shut up. Bad. And then I looked at Burial Ground and I felt better about myself. What? 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 What are you talking about? You lost me. The opening. Uh, every bit of the spelling in Burial Ground is horrible. You said the same company put out Burial Ground put out the crazy. And I was noting how they had better spelled credits in the craving than they did with burial ground. I didn't notice. Well, I don't think they were responsible for doing anything with the credits, with the craving at least. I think they just tacked on the craving at the beginning of the film. I think that was European people that couldn't spell. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Somebody Let's wrote Kalmowski before. <laughs> now moving off the spectrum. <laughs> uh oh. To number four. No, 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 let's talk about the asshole block. Exactly. <laughs> and what do you have in there? Graveyard of Terror. Is that the one where Graveyard they tried to do the first reanimator or the one with the monster living under the graveyard? It's a, it's a really... It's I don't know if really... you guys talk about this one because I fall asleep every time I've seen it, so I don't remember. <laughs> See, the, it's an asshole slot tradition still lives. <laughs> What's that? I didn't hear what you said. What? The asshole slot tradition still lives. He says he falls asleep. 
Um, uh, let me let me just give my explanation of why I'm showing Graveyard of Horror. I had I had I could have there was a lot of different well not a lot but there was a good number of different Spanish horror films I could have shown. This film, you know, there's people that actually like it. Let's put it that it's way. Rare. No, it's rare. It's actually think, a rare movie. It's very rare. I don't think it ever played like this one is one. I don't you you have somebody's got to show me that this ever played in a theater because this was <clears> something that Sam Sherman uh, sold directly to TV at the same time that he sold. Frankenstein's Bloody Terror and Dracula vs. Frankenstein on the TV. So this was on, right. on TV. You know, and, like, I have memories of this movie being on, growing up in New York on Channel 11. It was on Chiller Theater on Saturday night in prime time, or then they'd show it, like, at 3 in the morning. So it's Yeah, like that's a, why you would fall asleep. And I, I, I feel the same way about it, you know. And no, I, I'm talking about recent viewings, so, you know. I tr- but, you know, I dug that movie out. I dug out Graveyard of Horror. Uh, a number of weeks ago to watch it again, and I still can't understand it. So, well, here's the thing: I, I need, think, and I also need to show something with Frank Bana and Victor Israel. So we have right, that and I think it's perfect yeah. for the last slot on a Saturday in the sense that it's definitely unusual, and that's for sure. There's no two ways around that. It is, it is absolutely an unusual film. So, um, it, a, a number of things are happening. It has to do with a curse. It has to do with. Uh, a lizard man that is buried in a cemetery that apparently these people are feeding human blood to resurrect him. It has, a, it, to me, to describe what it plays like, is it plays like the vampire's night orgy. Um, I think it almost feels like one of... <laughs> George will get this. I don't know if you guys will get this reference. To me, it plays like a parody on, um, what is it, SCTV, more than anything else. Oh, okay. You mean Death Motel? Huh? Uncle Floyd. You mean Death Motel, Woody Tobias' Jr.'s quickly quickly forgotten solo effort? Death Motel? Yeah, I I think it plays like something that that, uh, Count Floyd would have done on his show that at the end of it, everybody would have been like, uh, you know, he would have been like, so, boys and girls, it wasn't scary, and what the yeah, hell was up with that? Yeah, after the movie was, was over, he'd be like, oh, wrong. wasn't that scary? All right, it wasn't so scary. Who booked that film? Well, they were, they were lost. You go on a vacation and you get lost. That's, oh, and there was a lizard man and the guy, the bald guy with the crazy eye and the, all right, all right so it wasn't scary. <laughs> was, it was, it was it prickly? Now we're going off on an SCTV tangent. Nobody knows what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> what is black and white color? Who picked this film? Prickly? <laughs> <laughs> Who booked this film? I think that was hey, the only he, he accidentally he booked. Um, did something Dracula. Didn't he book Robin? No, no, he booked um four for four for Texas. <laughs> then the two girls were one girl. Woo! Oh, that's right. There was the Ingrid Bergman thing. The, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. How was it called? Hour of the Wolf or something? Yeah, Hour of the Wolf. Yeah, that was, that's a, that's a masterpiece. So listen, guys, we're making a reference about this this Count Floyd stuff. When when uh, we get done tonight, I will post the uh, the movie that George and I are talking about. It's a rip off of an England Bergman film with uh, Catherine it's a spoof. O'Hara. It's a spoof, not a rip off. A spoof. Yeah. It's a sp- funny. Yeah. So. I love that. I love that uh, TV back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it's 
Well, they were the, you know, the, I mean, I mean, you you know, you know more Gene than I do. I mean, he was, they, they, he got that from Chili Billy, right? He absolutely right. did because he What's, because he grew up here and he he actually got it from watching Chiller Theater. So yeah, yeah it was a it was a, and, and you know I talked to Bill Cardill about that and it would have been really awesome. You know they never did get they never did get him to get him to come to uh, to Monster Bash because he was was having surgery or something. I don't know. Oh, what you mean Joe Flaherty? Yeah, Joe Flaherty. Yeah, but you know, him last year, but he canceled the last minute. I hope I'd you love know, to meet him one day. He's just one of my heroes. My, my one of my comic heroes. Yeah. He's on our bucket list, big time. He's both just George so and funny. He, um, he's just so underrated. <laughs> Bill Cardill was a Bill Cardill was aware of the parody. Um, I talked to Bill about it on numerous occasions. He was aware of the parody, so he knew it about the it. one where they where they were hit where where they did the the three D Midnight Cowboy and they had like the yeah. panel and then they had like the Pittsburgh midget. Wasn't that like wasn't there a character on the on the Chili Billy that was like a like a, a midget or something? Norman yeah. Capsule Prank. Yeah, I mean that, that obviously was what they got that from Chili Billy. Actually, it wasn't he Norman. Up, it was like a vampire either. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure, they did. Yeah. <laughs> totally did. Yes, great times. But yeah, so Graveyard of Horror, um, it actually had a different name. It was called the um, the Something Butcher. What was the name of it, George? Yeah, the Butcher of something. <clears throat> butcher of Bandock. Or I, I have to know. look that up. The, 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 the Spanish title is like we never saw it as that necrophilia yeah. or something. Necrophilia. Something Is like that. I'm sounding stupid now because we're not like tied in tune with uh, Graveyard of Horror, but right. But my, Did like Ray I said, my memory. It was it was a telev- late night TV staple in the 70s. And it Comet went right TV, to TV. Is, it didn't wasn't Comet TV is running it too. You can see it on Comet TV. So um, Graveyard of Horror just recently played on Comet. So it's in that, that syndication that package. That it was sold to TV. It was sold to Absolutely. AIP TV. Yeah, it was. It was AIPTV because cause it was actually on. Because he sold that bloody Frankenstein's bloody Terror Dracula versus Frankenstein to AIPTV, and Comet shows the AIPTV stuff that MGM still owns. So that's why they're showing it. So everything comes full circle. I just heard from a friend, guys. This is this is uh, off subject. Rico Kasich has passed away oh, at no. age 75. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, no. Yep, just heard it. Thank you, Kevin, for that. Kevin you know, didn't you, Carl? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a big fan, but but I know who Rick Ocasek was. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that's that's sad. Of course, we just missed. Uh, uh, who's who's going to drive his hearse tonight? I Eddie don't know. Money. Eddie Money passed away yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He's from uh, my 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 area. Eddie Money was. Yeah, you told yeah. me that. Yeah. So Rick Ocasek, dead at 75. Live breaking news here on on the laboratory of Dr. Virdo. So anyway, all right, kids. A lot of sad rock and roll news, but... So where where we go? I've got it on a PD set, and it's in a horrible black and white print. Now I want to know, is it really... Was it shown in TV in color? Because if not, I've got beyond horrible print. Of what? Graveyard of Terror. Horror. Graveyard of Horror. Graveyard of Horror. Yes, it was shown on TV in college. Absolutely. And, God, what the hell do I got since it's in black and white? Maybe Graveyard of Terror, whatever that is. (laughs) 
What is Graveyard of Terror? Is that? I can't even think. Is that a, is that a movie? It's yeah, a good title. I think, I think Adam West was in it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, he's, there's monkeys. That's all I remember. And they got they've got knives. It's like an yeah, do a double feature with Lady Tatterley's Ter- lover. If you're an Adam West fan, I mean, really. I'm pretty sure Lady Gaga did the soundtrack to that as well. I don't so. think she was born yet. <laughs> well, yeah, she was there. Yeah, one of your best years, period. Well, we hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too, because some people say that and some people say nothing, so we'll have to see. And some people come on to our Facebook page and cry about not coming out because the prints are purple. You know, that's another thing that that's that's another thing that I want to address. Well, was purple. Okay, come on. Well, I didn't go there, but I thought about it. But that's another thing I want to. There's another thing that you're very clever. There, another thing that I want to address is I'm tired of that too. You know, you have a public forum that doesn't give you the right to be an asshole. So, you know, we have really great support on the community page. And a lot of uh, top fans and people saying things, and, and, you know, we want criticism because nobody is perfect. But do not come onto that page and, and say stuff like, you know, your, your prints are always purple or whatever. When you get enough money to do your own fucking show, then we'll talk, okay? And, and some, some films are just so hard to get. And we try that's to get the way, many that's the way I feel about it. Some yeah. of these 35-millimeter prints are going to be gorgeous. <clears throat> some, some are going to be like Fuji colors, so they... They will have, like, a shift in color. But, I mean, everything's in cu- on cut. I've seen all the prints myself. I haven't seen the graveyard of horror, to tell you the truth. But that's the, uh, that's the asshole block anyway. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but uh, no, what I'm saying is everything's going to go. Uh, the, 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 the Frankenstein's Bloody Terror is a newly struck print. The, the, um, and the Living Dead of Manchester's Morgue is the new restoration, the new 4K restoration. So I and you know what? A beautiful show to look at, really. To tell if you it truth. wasn't, it doesn't matter because the bomb line is you're providing these fans, this audience, with an experience that they would never have otherwise. And that's what makes it wonderful. So, you know, it's, a, it's like dictating the terms of charity. You know, I give you exactly. $5 and you say to me, well, it's not good enough. Well, you know what? You look at the entire United States and you look at all these drive-ins that are doing these, these nights, and, of course, George started it all. We're all aware of that. It's unspoken. It's the truth, okay? So he created an entire new happening that has been imitated across the country, particularly on the East Coast, and that's great and everything, and I'm happy about it. But, you know, these people that come out to these events or don't come out to these events and sit around in their parents' basement or whatever it is and bitch and moan and complain about it. I used to keep my mouth shut about it. I'm tired of ungrateful bullshit. Put your money where your mouth is, step up to the plate, find a drive-in, do a better show. That's your inspiration from this this radio program, okay? No more negativity. Fucking do a better show. We'll come out. George and I will come and support you. We'll support you on the Monsterama page. Just stop wasting time complaining about stuff that's being done for you. You're the fans that it's being done for. Shut up and love it, for God's sake. You know what I mean? Really. And, Gene, all these people that are bitching, let's wait five or ten years down the line now that Disney has pulled... Every one of Fox's older films from the repertory circuit, 
and they're having to scrounge prints from collectors who have old 35 millimeter print, millimeter prints and 16 millimeter prints. They will get those those older prints, and they will be happy then, because they won't have any other access. Let's see them bitch then. I agree with you 100 percent there. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? I think I need a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even smoke, and that's great. <laughs> it's the truth, you know. George and I sit there and discuss. I mean, nobody has. Nobody is being is being ungrateful or unhappy, but you know when you pour yourself into anything, and um, and you know what the, this one or two people is not ruining it for anybody. It doesn't affect opinion. We're moving forward. Doesn't matter. It bounces off of us like flies on a windscreen. The bottom line is that it just pisses me off because what makes fandom generate and go is positive enthusiasm, not negativity. So these people that complain about anything from the art on the cover of Blu-rays to is it DCP or is it 35, get a life. Go out and do something. The time that you take to criticize what other people are doing on your benefit, you could be doing something better for yourself and for other people. You could be doing it right instead of telling other people how to do it. So that's it. I will not soapbox this again. But I'm tired of listening to these stupid comments. Or Don't just waste enjoy what they're getting. You know, just enjoy exactly. the Blu-ray. Don't waste our time with the, with the cover. Enjoy the, these driving yeah, shows like for what the... they are. They're a lot of fun. It's uh, an event, you know. And we try, and we personally try to make it a lot of fun. I'm not, Correct. I'm not slapping you in the face. I'm trying to. I mean, there's a lot of thought that goes in. And sometimes, you know, we were on one course. We're going to do this, and then it just all of a sudden we take a, a correct. A, a turn, and it's like, oh, no, now we're going to do it. I think we're going to do a Spanish Horror Night. And then now we got to put this together. And and, and like I said, the, the you know, we keep the, 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 the admission only $10. It's been like that for the last 13 years. We haven't changed that. Correct. We like to keep it, you know, so that people will come, so that the people will support the theater. The, the, the theater owners and the theater staff work, work so hard to put this thing together. I can't absolutely, absolutely. It's a it is a labor of love, and you know it doesn't spoil it for us. And they've always been us. supportive of doing this event. Absolutely, you know. it doesn't spoil it for us if there is criticism or negativity. But for Christ's sake, you know I don't know if I want to come out because the prince might be purple. You know what? Then stay home, go swimming, do something else, please. Swim with a radio. I don't care. Impress me. Yeah. But you know. I'm just tired of it. You know, I never did that when I went to monster conventions. I never did that when I went to anything, you know, that somebody else put on. There may be things I criticize about a convention or whatever. I don't do it publicly. I don't do it, you know, in social media because I don't believe in that, okay? I, you know, it's so easier to just talk to the, the person directly that does the event or whatever instead of making it about you. When these posts are posted, it's not about us. It's not about the purple print. It's about their narcissistic, horseshit fanboy attitudes is what it's about, oh, yeah. okay? We don't care what the fuck you think. There's 5 million people on Facebook, okay? We don't care, all right? You don't like it, that's fine. But George and I have been fans of this and going to conventions 
since the 1970s and 1980s. George was attending, I think, what the famous monster conventions. George. No, no, I never, I never got to that. But one. you, I would, but, but I was for sure. Fangle ones. And 80s. you know what? Every time that he and I walked into those venues. We were so thankful that we were given the opportunity to meet these people from our movies. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and to have this given to us. And that's exactly what turned around 30 years later and why you have Monster Rama right now, why you have Living Dead Weekend, why you have all of this. Because these young guys went to these events 20 and 30 years ago, and they were impressed enough to move forward and do the next thing, not sit around and be negative and complain. So that's exactly where we're at with this. Go out and create something. Don't destroy what is existing. Bingo. But in the same, in the same, in the same uh, <laughs> breath of that, I'd like to thank all the people who have supported this over the years too. Absolutely. And there's so many great people that we've met over the years, and yep, people who come now. and come back, and and the both. You know, it, it's been wonderful just meeting the, all the people we've met over the years. And Gene and I met because of this thing. I mean, we knew each other from my. From my my website DVD driving because we you know we corresponded and we traded um, videos we, and stuff. But, I mean now we, we're friends. We're really good friends. We've, we we traded know, a double feature. We traded Frankenstein on campus and Night of the Witches. So right. George and I's meeting was like Reese the Reese cups. Somebody was Which, chocolate and somebody was peanut butter and yeah. it came together. You know. Well, sure speaking of, if you ever have anyone complain about bad prints during the tape training days. No, because we were just glad to finally oh, get a Oh, you're right. You're right. Because you just wanted to get a copy of it, and that's how we yeah. got a lot of rare things that weren't available. We would just, you know, either, and you would buy stuff, and it would be like fifth generation, and you would just, you just live with it because you wanted to see the damn film because it was so rare. You'd be reading about these films in the book. They were films that were never on TV, never available commercially. And you get some sixth generation tape that came from fans today from are Sweden very spoiled. or something, and you'd be happy. Yeah. <clears throat> right, fans today are very spoiled, and they don't. You know, for instance, with Doctor Who, we friends in England used to tape Doctor Who and send it over for me to watch and for my friends to watch. On uh, we had a VHS player that played PAL tapes, and that's how we saw Doctor Who before it got to PBS. There was a grassroots movement that existed before all of this electronic media that we, that we did what we needed to do, like George is saying. And again, I can't stress to younger people that are listening to this or that are on the page, don't complain about stuff. Make your dream reality. 20 years, 30 years down the road, even 10, 10 months down the road, you could be doing your own drive-in show somewhere. And that's spectacular, but it takes... The, it takes the effort to do it and be positive about what you're doing instead of being negative and, and demeaning the work of other people. That doesn't work for them, and it doesn't work for you. And I'm period. glad that people have come to DVD Drive. <clears throat> DVD Drive. I'm glad that people have come to Monsterama and been able to go back to their local drive-ins. And since word of this has gotten out that this is, thing is successful enough, they've been able to go to their local drive-ins and, and, and do these kind of shows. because of, You know, because one of, of our supporters... One of our supporters, Ty and Draco, he did a show in Wintersville a couple months ago. And, you know, that sort of was an inspiration from coming out to the Monsterama shows. He contacted the Wintersville drive-in, and he threw together a show 
at the Winter Throw Drive-In, and he's not the only person that's done it because, you know, that's what you need to be doing instead of complaining about it. Be inspired and do something better than what we do or another organizer does. It's just, and that makes the fan movement go forward. You know, it makes everything better for everybody. So, you know, I screamed earlier. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying, don't waste your time and waste our time or the or of any organizer of an event. Make it your reality and do yeah. it better. Come to the come to the Masterama like others have. Learn learn everything that learn. You know the basics of how to do the show, what the show, go back to your drive and, and make it successful. I'm kind of like Roger Corman, except... Yeah, really. More money Honest to God. Yeah. If we had it's a really George... sentimental right now, white guy. George and I text oh. back and forth. George and I text back and forth every time, you know, I, 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 somebody, I don't want to say steals, but uses something that we've used, we find it very humorous when all of a sudden there are, you know, drone shots and crowd shots and um, group shots and, and people events, in costume and event, event shots. Out, events out in the Midwest called Driving Super Monster Fest. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, that sounds familiar. I mean, but it's fine. It's it's great, you know. <coughs> so, you know, it's, like it's all good. You know? Yeah. Right. Imitation is what do they say? Copying is, or imitation is the best form of flattery or whatever. You know. It's a new age. It's a new age of uh, you know, and it's not just from these uh, these events. The drivings have become, you know, popular in in certain circles again. You know, and, and you always see these things like on Facebook. You know, remember the driving? Do you miss the driving? It's like, well, there's, there's still plenty around. It's just. You gotta look right. for them. You might have to. You might have to travel a little. You travel. You can go. You can maybe find a great event and spend the weekend there. You know. But so, just stay positive. Stay positive and make yeah. make your dream reality. Don't be negative and spend the time. And if you're gonna show everybody else, show less. That's another thing. You exactly. Learn. We yeah. are, and you know. Eat it like a recipe. Take what he does, but add your own little spice to it. Exactly. That's why we appreciate you, do, Steve. Make it something different, but just make it yours and do it out of love. Steve, you're our special little bit of spice. That's why we love your show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm let me say something about Gene. Appreciate the normal stuff. Can I like, say something about Gene? Um, Gene, Gene has been doing in the marketing director of this event for many years now, and he stepped up to the plate voluntarily. To help out, you know, do promote, to promote, promote, promote the show, to do little um, promotional things at the show, have people dressed up, the the camera ops. I mean, you know, just countless things that he's done over the years that I wouldn't do because I have like this, you know, shy side where I just, you know, it's like, well, I'm, I don't know how to do that. I'm just gonna schedule the show, advertise it, and there you go, you know. Gene's brought a, 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 another dimension to the whole thing. Right. I mean, I and worked in that. I worked in that field for a lot of years, and I applied what I had learned. You know, I graduated college and went directly into that business, actually. And I just, you know, here's George doing this thing, and I went up to him. I said, "Look, I go, let's try some different stuff and see if it works. If it doesn't, then we're all the wiser for trying it." So I mean, you, know? you look at the Facebook page, and you see like all these photo ops and all the photos <clears> of the. The people, that's all Gene. That's his. Thanks, George. That's his I appreciate it. He's like working his ass off 
you know, getting, getting, you know, just showing how how big the event is and how much fun people are having. And I just love seeing that after it's over. Thank it's, you. It's, it's oh my just God. Goes my heart make, well just to see people having fun. You're and make it's like me something cry. I wouldn't do because I have like an introverted side, you know. So we need genes. But you all know that, that I'm tent, a Kathy, you know? I'm Kathy Griffin of the Monsterama, so I have. I don't a know what dirty, that means. Sounds terrifying. I have a dirty, loud mouth, and I and yeah. everybody's face. <laughs> Which is fine. And then Steve's our little Steve is special to us. Thank you, Steve and Carl I'm so and Eric I'm and, right and the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Midgets. Don't forget Toto. We're not allowed to say Midgets Steve and Dwarfs. Steve does this radio show. It's great publicity. I think there's like six or seven people, people listening. So it's really good. Six or seven you people. are my we friend. Record, You're special Carl. to me. Oh, holy that? shit. I heard sometimes there's as many as eight people listening. Yeah. To our show? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. God. One of them tuned in because he thought it was the farm report. <laughs> well, that's well, all right. The farm report on every third Sunday. Carl talks about corn. Does he really? Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> I, I've been known <laughs> to do that occasionally. You've been known to make porn? You're a porn no. star? No, 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 to talk about porn. Okay, well, on you our, know, Steve, our, I want Steve you know, we have, I want we have Steve a couple of, We have a couple of guests that are very oh famous God. with the name. Uh, okay. Steve and I have had uh, Jeannie Silver on. We've oh had uh, uh, Richard Pacheco, Eric Edwards. I don't know these I'm people. I'm not kidding. These people I went to school with, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you did, I didn't you? Seen, you just need to help if you die. I mean, of course, every year, every film is not going to be to your liking. Just enjoy the ones you want to see. Steven, Steven, like I, I scheduled the show, and none like. of the films are to my to my liking, and I'm the guy that puts it together sometimes. You know, you know like, know, I try I to think of an audience, and, like, I'm trying to think of what yeah. different audiences want to see, you know. And um, that's why the, you know, when we did April, we decided to do it totally different than what was in, in September. All right. Can I say something about this? Uh, you know, the thing is, you're doing all this work, you know, putting this together and that, and you said something, I did it because I like these films. Well, you know what? That's exactly what an artist does. An artist, you know, writes something, paints something, because that's what he wants to see. And and, and when you're doing something like, uh, you know, uh, programming films and you're trying to get a whole idea of it and everything, and that's interesting, what was that? <laughs> I think it was a <laughs> that, that, that was SCTV. Yeah. Oh, SCTV is now on the air. Whisper. Well, you know what? You do it. You do it for yourself. Right. And hopefully, people will enjoy the work you put into it. You got to do it for yourself. Okay. Whispers of the Wolf. Uh, Whispers of the Wolf is now posting on. Oh, that's that's marvelous. Facebook. So please. And this skit has the brilliant Eugene Levy, the brilliant Catherine O'Hara, and the. Brilliant Andrew yeah. Martin and Joe Flaherty. The brilliant it's Joe Flaherty right is now. Tom Floyd. <laughs> it's up right now. Please go look at it. Oh, so anyway, we'll see the 
and uh, you'll see what we're talking about. Why it's so why poor Count Floyd gets the worst movies. But um, but yeah, so because you know they 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 program a a in, Ingmar Bergman film that sounds like a horror film because it has Wolf in the title. Well, you right, no, no, you, that is a horror film. Our the Wolf is a horror film. No, well, this is actually Whispers of the Wolf. So I I was thinking of the original. Yeah. I was thinking of the original title actually, but this is um. This is that. And do you know? Going aside here, do we know? Do you know what hour of what hour of the wolf means? What the folklore is behind the term yeah. hour of the wolf? Three o'clock in the morning. Right. Exactly. Hour of the wolf is, is that is that time where where it's after midnight. There's no no one awake but the wolf, and the wolf howls uh, because there's there there's grief and anger and all that, right. and it all builds up. It sounds and like the last monster And he's looking at you because what the hell are you doing up at that time of night? Feeding. I think they were the last monster except they were howling about the rain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I like said, to say this about last year. I don't know if I seen things spring. If you're at a drive-in and you're complaining about rain, you don't deserve to be at a drive-in. We've had to deal with worse. Had a drive-in. If you've we get that a lot, there. you know. We get that a lot. The complaint about the we rain. had a lot of rain last year, and it really put a damper on things. The Hammer Show went over extremely well. Um, it just wasn't the, what we wanted in terms of weather-wise. Um, you know, a lot of people, the, the hardcore people came out. The people that were on the fringe did not come out. So it wasn't the the the, the weekend was not a failure by any means. It didn't have. The same vibe that we've had with other Monsteramas due to the amount of rain. But there, ironically, there were a number of people that were saying that they thought actually it was better because showing the Hammer films, the only way they would love to watch them is outside in a rainstorm. So I know yeah. that George and I, George and I sat with with um, with Ron and his nephew Dwayne and who else was there underneath the the tarp. For Scars of Dracula, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Well, we all sat under this tarp, covered up, and it was like guys camping. And we sat there and watched the movies with the rain coming down and, like, drinking stuff, and it was awesome. So, I don't know. I had a good time regardless. That's I thought it was cool. That's the toughest Carl's ever felt on this show, wasn't it, Carl? What? When they said that, I'm like, they got mad because of the rain, and Carl's just like, oh, you wimps. Oh, oh, well, absolutely. You know, I worked at a drive-in in the 70s, okay? This was in Bradford, Pennsylvania. It's about 80 miles south of Buffalo, okay? October, always, second to third week, we'd still be open. Snowstorm. No question. Snowstorm. Blizzard. Done it. No, you know, so, you know, don't be a wimp. Well, you know, it's, 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 you know, I mean, I, I, yeah, I have to deal with the rain. I'd rather not have it, um, but I'm glad it looks good this year because I think, you know, if we have a, a bad year with rain, then we're owed a nicer weather year. So I'm glad that the forecast really looks good. And I just, I don't know if any, anybody saw, but the Riverside, they, they announced that they're going to stay open, yeah. uh, I think, into November. I was just about to say that, George. Thank you, Psychic. And I was, like, so happy to see that. Not only for them that they were able to extend the season because, you know, finally you have some decent weather. 
and it got such a good reaction from from their regulars, and I was just very happy Ooh, to see that. And it just felt one. good about this show going into this show. It's like, wow, we, this is good time. I mean, and don't forget, this show is two two weeks later than it usually is. What did they? What is the movie they're showing in November? That's uh, the big release. It's the one with Angelina Jolie playing. Um, right. Like a right. Like a wicked. Uh, oh. No, Frozen Two. Yeah, well, that, Frozen yeah, that, Two that's also. One. It's like two. I think it's a double feature. Maleficent. Maleficent. Magnificent. Late October. Stephen. I just decided to change the name of the movie to Stephen. Anyway, um, sometimes I just randomly say Stephen for no reason. It's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's like, um, you know, that disease where you cuss randomly. Anyway, um, Stephen, people look at me and go, why? And I don't know. But anyhow, and there's an Alice Cooper song off the Welcome to My Nightmare album called Stephen. He's yelling, Stephen, Stephen. They're thinking of you, Stephen. Because I think he's like in a mental institute or something. Well, yes, that's most likely. Um, the other thing that I want to... He gives him reason to scream in his song, that's what I mean. I want to throw another important thank you out there to Robert Milligan for the fantastic promo that he did for April and the fantastic promo that he did for um, for this show in, in oh, uh, September. Great. I love it. I, so I first saw it, I'm like, this is perfect. This is just so good. And George and, and I share it a lot, and it's just we it's took so, the. Um, it's like I mean, seriously, and I I'm not just saying this because, you know, it's I'm I'm behind this, but like I see this promo, and I'm like, how could you not want to come to this thing, you know? And it, the, it, music. the music, oh, the music is, is from is, is, is Stu Phillip. Uh, yes, Stu Phillip's piece. It was in uh, the name of the game is killed. It was recycled for the 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 end of the vampire versus the werewolf woman. And when George and I were putting this together for Robert, we both at the same time said that's the piece of music that we want. And I had oh, yeah. all the time tracking it down on the internet, but I found it and I was so excited. It's the you music know. that's made the round. It also shows up in um, Jess Franco's Venus and Furs. Yes, it does. And probably a couple yes. other things, but it's just yes. like a really haunting yes. piece. I think that's why people like that World versus a Vampire cut because it's got that. And his music is his beginning over the the opening credits. Which yeah. is different than the Spanish credits where they have that like la 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 kinda you know, melody. Right, right. It doesn't right, sound like right. a horror horror film music. So you can <clears> see why they changed it. So before we go, Steve, looking forward to April and not I don't think George is ready to announce any titles yet, but um Ice Castle. Ice Castle. He oh, has some stuff. I, finally That's what we're gonna take planned. you for. And we'll have you yep. sing the theme song before the movie. We're going to do a Robbie Benson weekend. Do, 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 do you know where you're going to? We're going to show um, the, uh, <laughs> the Chosen, not the not the Italian film, otherwise known as uh, Holocaust 2000. I'm talking about The Chosen with, with Robbie Benson. Um, <laughs> Don't show Walk for Al, I Won't Come. It's a Jewish horror film. It is, yeah. <laughs> And then, and then, listen. You know, in, in addition to that, bonus. We got. We're having a bonus. We're thinking about doing a night with Brooke Shields films, and um, we're not out with Sweet Alice. It's gonna be endless now, what, love. We're gonna do endless love. Yeah. Blue Lagoon. Pretty baby. Oh, no, do do freeway. Do freeway. 
The Blue Lagoon and the Slav. And then episodes of that show she did with uh, Kathy Griffiths, too. That's going to With be one that. eyebrow. And if you come out to the show with one eyebrow in, uh, in, in those jeans she used to wear, you get in for free. Well, I, no, seriously, though, we can, we can, we can, we can give uh, a little indication of what we were thinking at least one Is night. Is Jordash still around? Can we contact Jordash? Does anybody know? <clears throat> anyway. No, seriously, Whatever. what are we thinking of for April? We, we, if you want to know what we're thinking of for April, we could give you a little indication there. Okay, yeah. give us a little bit. We have, we have one night. What were we talking? What was, what were we discussing, Gene? Underwater horror films. Yes. Underwater horror films. Not that Film, not films that have to deal with monster. Well, things films in that the have water. to do with the, with the sea, with the ocean, with the yes. sea. Yes. Errors from the yes. sea, or something to that effect. Oh, cool. Yes. A couple of them. You might have to uh, go yes. a little bit into the nineties, but hey, they're both no, good. No, not at all. I don't no, think so. We won't. I don't think so. No. I don't, uh, I don't know where you get well, that. No, I was thinking. No, we're not uh, talking about like uh, like uh, like space. Like crews with with like like this type movies. We're talking about like killer fish and sex. things, you know. Yeah, oh, killer fish. Cool. Yeah. Evil from the deep. Killer sharks, killer fish, killer killer yeah, animal sharks. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about you go you hit it right on the head. That's a that's a big possibility. That's in that's that's on the short list. Believe me, I know you're talking. What about. is? The movie with Hugo Stiglitz. What is it? Susan George. I think Titsatera. Susan George. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. That's, that's a possibility. Maybe some Shelley Winters. If you show Maybe Shelley Winters. Maybe John Huston. Maybe Barbara <laughs> Steele. If you show oh, well, well, John Huston, absolutely. Maybe I will show up her with a mini football stuffed in my pants like Hugo Stiglitz in that movie. Perhaps Barbara Steele. Perhaps Ann Turkle. Maybe Doug McClure. Maybe Doug McClure. Oh yeah. no, Carl! You don't like no underwater movie with Barbara Steele. <laughs> Are you <laughs> kidding? Paul Bartel <laughs> film. Marcel yeah, yeah. Marceau. Or would you rather see a John Sales film? We're doing a mime fest. We're gonna have mimes and with balloons. I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> oh, does by... that mean you're gonna show Shanks? Oh God, horrible! <laughs> no, <laughs> poor William. Yeah. I love that movie. I literally love that movie. I'm not oh. joking. And as a close up, I want to say this: one, thanks to you and Jane for showing up again this year, and thank, thank you, you for the drive. And even thanks, though one Stevie, of baby. Here, Stevie thank baby, you. I had to miss the small yeah. wonder uh, marathon on MeTV, but it was worth it. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm telling you, what the hell is up with that shit? Yeah. Thank I had to you, Eric, even though he's freaking gone now, and Carl for coming on tonight. Because we must made a crappy birthday week because of what happened into a pretty good one. Was this your birthday week? Yes, it was. Yeah, and, it was and I have to do this on air, guys. You can join okay. in. One, oh, two, God. three. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to, to you. you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. To you. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Steve. Steve. Happy birthday to you and many more. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Thanks, Carl. Warner Brothers just called me. I owe him $2,000 now. Steve, give me the baby. I think you owe them all the Three Stooges $2,000. Steve, give me the baby. Anyway. <laughs> all right. We love you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'll see, we'll see you guys later, but I'm going to let Carl do a little <coughs> promo. Carl, what do you have coming up later this week? Well, we, we've got we've got a show on Deviant Legion that uh, um, Doc is going to be doing, Doc Sludge, and uh, uh, then on this Friday I, I made retired. a decision. No, no, he didn't retire. On uh, this oh. Friday I will be doing a show uh, on Carl's Cavern, and we're going to be talking about our favorite concerts we've ever gone to. Cool. And also our first concerts and music, live music uh, venues. So that's what we're going to be talking about this Friday. Cool. Good. That sounds great. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I, in fact, you know, Stephen was, was joking. I was at a con- live concert today in uh, New York, free uh, one with uh, David Amram and all sorts of jazz people and 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 folk people was really cool. That's a Very nice thing. Cool. If you're in New York and you don't have money, you can still go to free concerts. It's good. Yeah, thing. that's true. Oh, yeah. It's very true. Absolutely. Definitely. And with that, good night and thank you everybody. And go to the damn drive-in drive-in thing this week. Thank yeah, you, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Good night. Good night. I'd like to say thank you. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Magneto's right. There's a war coming. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. You sure you're on the right side?